0: hey guys it's mad mike here today we got two scary stories involving clowns i've been hearing about clowns all over town and it sparked a lot of interest in my facebook group all of these clown attacks seem to be reoccurring and we're not really sure if it's a prank or if it's actually a real thing but these two scary stories will make you think twice about going out in the middle of the night Okay, so I made an account just so I can tell this story. I've had a lot of weird shit happen to me in my life, but this was downright the most frightening thing that's ever happened to me. I will try to be as descriptive as possible. As a backstory, I live in Miami, Florida with my boyfriend. However, I grew up in Naples to be exact, and that's where the rest of my family lives. We go there for major holidays and birthdays to visit. So last Thanksgiving, we decided we would take our then two-month-old daughter with us on our trip so my family could see her. We left around 12.30pm to head there, which would put us there at about 2.30pm depending on traffic. We figured we would leave before 8pm. We were new parents and that was the first time we had ever driven anywhere far with her. Well, one thing leads to another, and we end up staying way past eight. And instead, we leave somewhere between 11 and 11:30 p.m. The only positive about leaving that late is that there will be no traffic, and Alligator Alley would be pretty much empty. The negatives are that there are literally no lights for most of the drive, and you can't see what is beyond your headlights. So, if you broke down. It would be pretty terrifying in the pitch black in the middle of the swamp. That is always my fear when I make that drive. My family told us we could crash there, but we didn't have anything for overnight, and the drive would be less than two hours since there isn't any traffic. So we put our daughter in the car seat, dreading the drive back, and thankfully, she passes out instantly. My boyfriend is driving and we're about 30 to 45 minutes in, and he looks at me and says, babe, I'm really fucking tired. Do you think you could take over? My boyfriend hates my driving, so I know he wouldn't ask me to drive unless he was really tired. Plus he drove on the way there, so I didn't mind at all. I told him to pull over at the next rest area, and I would take the wheel. So he keeps driving, waiting for a rest area sign, And as we're driving, I'm talking to him to keep him awake. We end up seeing a sign that says rest area ahead. So he says he's going to pull into that one when we get there. Well, as we were talking, our daughter wakes up and we hear her making different noises in the back seat. Then the next thing you know, she rips a big one and starts crying hysterically. So we're both like, shit, now we have to change her. But it wasn't really a big deal, because we were pulling up to the rest stop anyways. It would just take a little longer. Now to paint a picture for you, it wasn't a rest stop that had buildings with bathrooms and vending machines. This one was basically just a long parking lot with one row of empty parking spaces which basically just looped back onto the road. The parking spaces faced out towards the woods. The only thing separating the woods from the parking spaces was a tall metal fence that stretched only to the end of the parking spaces. So he pulls into the last parking spot just before the fence ends and we both get out, leaving the car and the headlights on. He goes to the passenger side and I go to the back seat to change the baby. I take her out of her car seat and sit in the back, changing her diaper. Meanwhile, she is still screaming at the top of her lungs. I finally finished changing her and got her to calm down, and I walked her around the car back to her car seat. So I'm crouching over, buckling her in, and I hear my boyfriend in a really confused voice say, what in the fuck, babe, get in the fucking car, now. He is literally the hardest person to scare. So to hear his voice that way, got my attention, so I stand straight up from my crouching position and look in front of us. My heart literally sank into the ground. There's a big fat clown on the other side of the fence where my headlights are shining. The top of his head looked bald, and he had bright red hair sticking out on the side of his head. He had really creepy face paint on, he even had a red clown nose and it looked like there was something splattered across his costume. He was standing there silently, his face pressed up against the fence to the point where his skin was seeping through the holes, and he was smiling the creepiest fucking smile I've ever seen in my life. Sheer terror came over me, and I yell out something along the lines of, HOLY SHIT, and slam my daughter's side door. I run around the back of my car, my heart racing a mile a minute. The clown lets out the creepiest laugh I've ever heard, and he starts shaking the fence violently, and then he starts walking towards the end of the fence, slowly, like he was going to come around. As he is walking, he starts singing Rockabye Baby, while gliding his fingers across the fence. The way his voice sounded when he was singing was so chilling, I can't describe it. It was a really low-toned, shaky, psychotic clown voice. I'm assuming he sang it because he heard my daughter crying. But who knows? I jump into the driver's seat after what feels like forever and lock all my doors. I'm literally shaking throughout my body, running on pure adrenaline. My My boyfriend is in my ear, saying, what the fuck, what the fuck, let's get the fuck out of here. This clown is now on our side of the fence, right in front of us. As I throw my car in reverse, he starts beating his hands on the hood of my car, now screaming something I couldn't make out because I was in pure note mode. My boyfriend is even yelling, if it gets in front of the car, run it over! So I was fully prepared to do so, but he didn't. I sped out of there like a bat out of hell. I look in my rear view, and the creepy ass clown is just standing there in the middle of the rest area, waving us off. We got onto the main road, and I was driving faster than I've ever driven in my life. We were so stunned and traumatized by the whole ordeal that all we could manage to get out was what the fuck, what the fuck, what just happened, for the remainder of the ride. We still speculate what it is he was doing out there at 12 a.m. dressed like a clown in the middle of fucking Everglades on Thanksgiving night. We considered he was trying to fuck with people, but you would need some serious balls to pull that kind of stunt out there in Everglades. People that live around there don't fuck around. I truly believe that in the way he was singing and screaming, that he was absolutely out of his mind. I don't have any other explanation. It gives us goosebumps to this day, almost a year later, trying to answer the question of what his intentions were. And what terrifies me the most, and gives me the chills even now, was the fact that we were parked there for at least 10 minutes while I was in the backseat changing my 2 year old, being watched by some psycho dressed as a clown. I always wondered how long he was watching. The world is full of crazy fucking people. Living in Miami, I really thought I had seen it all. But I was wrong. Needless to say, this Thanksgiving, we're staying home. If you've been following the news lately then maybe you've heard about the clown sightings throughout the Carolinas. At first, people thought it was just one person playing a prank, and nobody really took it seriously. Then they started happening again and again and in different areas. Suddenly, sightings turned into creepy clowns jumping out of bushes and chasing children around bus stops. Eventually, the police departments in the south issued a statement that what was going on wasn't funny, and even Stephen King, who I think wrote the story featuring a killer clown, was quoted by the press as saying he found it frightening. I myself have never really been scared of clowns. I enjoyed the movie version of Stephen King's it, and movies like Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a regular Halloween viewing for me. So when I read these stories about creepy clowns being seen throughout the Carolinas, I took it as almost everyone else did. Just one big mass prank that people were overreacting to. There was no chance of danger in this regard. Hell, it might even be some kind of viral marketing campaign for a scary clown movie. In fact, I never really gave it any thought at all, until I read a story about the same clown sightings happening in my hometown of Macon, Georgia funny how that happens isn't it we don't really concern ourselves with anything of this sort until it gets too close to home but even after reading the story about the macon sightings i didn't think much on it just copycat pranks i figured just people wanting a little thrill as the fall set in and as halloween grew closer what i wouldn't give to return to that blissful ignorance i moved back to macon a few months ago I'd live in Atlanta for about a year, but it didn't work out. It was a classic story. College Dropout moves to a big city to build a life for himself, and then realizes that real life requires skills that college could never teach, so he moves back in with his parents. I insisted on paying my mom rent, and we agreed on a minimal amount. I was able to pay it by working odd jobs like mowing lawns, fixing sinks, and of course, Babysitting. It wasn't until I started babysitting that I realized how weird the concept of a male babysitter is to some people. A female babysitter is apparently always pleasant, responsible, and nice, while all male babysitters are evil. My friends would always rib me, saying I was just desperate for cash and insisted I was spending it all on tampons. Why the hell would a guy babysit? The truth is, I just love kids. Some people who know me say I'm just a big kid myself, so I've always had a natural rapport with children. Penelope was no different. Her parents were highly esteemed members of Macon's upper pecking order, and a lot of their time was dedicated to meetings and social events. So they became my most frequent babysitting job, and I have to say, I really enjoyed it another stereotype is that the child of a rich parent is spoiled and unpleasant but penelope wasn't that way at all i mean she had typical childlike self-centeredness but she was really sweet and a lot of fun and i always looked forward to babysitting her i called her penny what does this have to do with clown sightings you might ask well penny was into a lot of typical little girl stuff my little pony Friendship is Magic, singing Disney songs, Barbie, all of that, but the thing she loved the most was nature walks. There weren't a lot of trails near where she lived, so I guess she developed a natural fascination for it. With her parents' permission, I started taking her on trips through the forest and along the trails, and you would swear I'd taken her to Disney World the way she reacted. It was adorable. Sing her cradle the flowers that she would pick and talking to trees like they were alive. Then one day, we were walking along the Hechiti Trail, which is a four-mile woodland trail near the Ogamogi River. Normally, it's very beautiful, but on this particular overcast, dreary day, it seemed a bit more foreboding, I guess. Not that it mattered to Penny. She was just happy to be walking through the forest and enjoying the fresh air. We were about two miles in. I started to point out that the trees were remarkably green for the time of the year, when I noticed Penny wasn't walking next to me anymore. For a split second, I felt scared that I lost her. But then I turned around and saw her standing a few yards back, giggling at something, something I couldn't see. Sighing in relief, I sprinted over to her. Penny, what are you looking at? I looked in the direction she was looking. Standing there, only about 10 feet away, was a clown. It was a male clown, about 5'10 and a little chubby. He was in a full-body rainbow suit with three buttons covered with a ribbon, and his shoes were the typical oversized goofy ones. His head was bald but it and his face were completely covered in white makeup, except for the eyes, which were surrounded by blue. He had ruby red lips, and of course, a large red nose. He didn't smile. He didn't wave. He didn't even cartwheel. He didn't move at all. He just stood there, completely still, staring at me and Penny. As I said, I'm not usually the one to be creeped out by clowns. But seeing a clown in the middle of the woods for no explicable reason would give anyone the shivers and I was immediately taken aback. I giggled nervously and insisted to Penny that we keep moving. Being the good kid she was, she said okay and we started making our way back to where we had came from. At first, she was slightly upset that we weren't going to walk the rest of the trail. But there was no way I was going to go deeper into that forest after seeing that clown. We got back to the car and I took her home. Her parents were exceptionally tired when they got back home, so they paid me and all, but shooed me out of the house. Penny may have been sweet, but her parents were rather snobbish, so I said goodbye and left. When I got back home, my mom was already in bed, so I showered brushed my teeth and crawled into bed i'm a little embarrassed to admit that i had trouble sleeping that night every time i closed my eyes all i could see was that clown standing there as still as a corpse in the middle of the woods the next time i had to babysit penny she asked if we can go back to that same trail i told her i wasn't sure and asked if she'd rather go somewhere else this time but she was insistent on the Hachiti Trail. I was skeptical, but I relented. After all, where were the chances that the clown would be there this time? We would get around to the point where we'd seen him the first time, and I was relieved to see that nobody was there. She asked if we could walk further this time, and I said okay. We were about another mile down the trail when I thought I heard another set of footsteps slightly behind us. I was already a little nervous, so I stopped dead and turned around. There was nobody there. Did you hear that, Penny? Hear what? Maybe I just wanted the short respite for my nervousness, but I accepted her not hearing anything and we kept going. After another half a mile, I began to hear the footsteps again this time penny heard them too is that what you heard she asked you heard it too i responded she must have sensed the fear in my voice because she started to get scared too and she came closer to me i hugged her close and whispered maybe we should head back to the car she nodded in agreement and we started heading back in the other direction i threw another few yards We both heard the footsteps again, and this time, we both realized that they were speeding up. We both began to sprint through the forest, and this time, the footsteps didn't fade away. They only got faster and faster. I realized we were running past the same spot where we had first seen that clown. Out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw him standing in that exact same spot. I instinctively started running faster, as did Penny. Penny began to fall behind, and I grabbed her hand to make sure she could keep up. Just keep running, Penny! We're almost there! Suddenly, Penny began screaming. I felt her grip rip away from my hand, and I turned back. The clown had her in his arms, one of his hands over her mouth stifling her screams. He looked me in the eyes. And began running into the forest penny i screamed i ran after the clown as he disappeared among the trees pretty soon i realized that i couldn't see him he had completely disappeared and so had penny penny i screamed again hoping to god that maybe just maybe i'd hear her scream my name back but there was nothing not a sound I pulled my phone out and saw that it was 7.47 p.m. We'd been out a lot longer than I'd hoped, and the sun was starting to set. I started to dial 911, but there was no signal. A crippling fear set in as I realized that I was now out in the woods with no way of contacting anyone about what just happened. I started to despair, but another idea popped into my head. I drew an X in the dirt where I had been standing to mark where Penny had disappeared, and then I ran back to my car and checked my phone again. This time, there was a signal. I started to dial 911. On the second ring, the power off notification came up and my phone died. No, 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 please, fuck! I started to cry out of both fear and frustration and tried to think of something anything else i could do another idea it was a long shot but i had to try i opened the passenger side door of my car and then popped open the glove compartment i kept a snub nose revolver in there along with a small box of ammo just in case thank god for open carry laws right i opened the box of ammo as quickly as i could and loaded the gun my hands were shaking so badly I was worried the gun would go off, but thankfully that didn't happen. I took a deep breath and then I ran into the woods, looking along the trail for the X I I had drawn. I finally found it and looked forward into the dense wood in front of me. Gripping my gun tightly and taking a deep breath, I started walking into the woods. I walked for quite some time. The sun was going down and I hadn't come close to finding Penny at all. PENNY! I called out, nothing, not a sound. I walked on, before long, night had fallen and that crippling fear set in again as I realized I was lost. I'd never been in this part of the forest before, we'd always insisted on sticking to the trail. I took another deep breath and pressed on. The woods was even scarier at night. I felt my grip on my gun get tighter and realized my hands were shaking again. And that's when I started to hear the footsteps. This time, they weren't sprinting or running. They were slowly coming up behind me, only a few feet away. I was frozen in place. I just hoped those footsteps belonged to Penny. I turned around and took aim with my gun but there was nobody there. Confused, I turned back around, and there stood the clown. I took a step back instinctively. My terror almost had me running again, but I stood my ground. I looked up at the clown's face. His eyes were dark in the night. Where is she? I said, and aimed my gun square at the clown's torso. He said nothing. Where the fuck is she? I yelled. I could hear my own voice echo throughout the woods. This time, the clown smiled. She's She's going to die screaming. His voice was a horrible mix between a whisper and a growl. I could have sworn that I heard several voices in this one whisper, but I was so scared I didn't notice at the time. A small whimper escaped my throat, and I felt a tear drop down my face. What were they doing to her? Torturing her? Raping her, I didn't want to think of it, give her back. This time, I couldn't even sound brave, the fear in my voice was too strong. The clown started to laugh, it was a terrible, mirthful laugh, as he seemed to reflect on all the terrible things they were going to do or already had done to Penny. I felt my fear give way to pure rage, and I squeezed the trigger of my gun. The gunshot echoed throughout the forest. The bullet hit the clown square in the chest. Blood started to pour down his chest, and his laughter stopped. Suddenly, he was completely silent again. I took another step back. Any normal person would have fallen from a gunshot like that, but the clown hadn't even moved. He just stood there, bleeding and looking at me. I fired again, and again, and again. I started to feel the blood splatter on my shirt, but still, the clown didn't move. Before long, I realized i fired all but one shot. This time, I aimed square at his head and fired. The bullet tore its way through the clown's eye. I saw blood splatter all over the trees behind him as the back of his head exploded. He still didn't go down. That horrible smile of his just grew wider. His sharp teeth were gleaming in the moonlight, then he suddenly broke into a hard run towards me. I dropped my gun and started to run harder than I ever had in my entire life, screaming the entire time. I heard the clown running faster and faster behind me, and a couple of times I felt his fingers almost grip the back of my shirt. I took a hard right and began running as fast as I could in that direction. I didn't even care where I was going as long as I didn't get caught by that clown. I have expected for him to appear in front of me at some point, but he never did. Pretty soon, all I could hear was my own panting and screaming and the clown running behind me. Finally, I saw something ahead. It was a light, a headlight. I was running towards the highway. I tried running faster. I felt like my lungs were about to explode. For some reason, I felt like getting out of the forest would save me from the clown. I got to the edge of the forest and I ran out into the highway. It was still dark, but I saw up ahead that a truck was making its way towards me. I just stood there, right in the middle of the right lane, my hands shaking uncontrollably. The driver thankfully saw me and slowed down. I could tell he was angry at first, but then he saw how frightened I was. He noticed the blood on my shirt and asked if I was okay. I didn't answer. I could barely hear him over the pounding in my ears. The entire world seemed silent. I slowly turned around, half expecting that goddamn clown to come up and grab me. But he wasn't there. There was nothing but trees and darkness. I turned around and faced the truck driver. He was still asking if I could hear him and if I was okay. I felt my knees buckle and everything went black. I woke up in the hospital. My mom was sitting in a chair next to me and the police were standing outside my room with Penny's parents. Her mother was crying and being comforted by her husband. I happened to catch the husband's gaze as he looked over at me. There was a mix between grief and absolute hatred in his eyes. The police saw that I was conscious again and started asking me questions. Apparently the truck driver had called the police and they searched the woods. They found my gun lying among the trees. It still had a little blood on it. That, coupled with my bloody shirt, had them thinking that I'd done something terrible to Penny. I started crying at the mention of her name And I insisted that I would never do anything like that to her. The parents weren't convinced until the forensics on the blood came back. It certainly wasn't Penny's blood. They never could find a DNA match. Penny's parents threatened to sue me for negligence, but ultimately didn't follow through. I guess the grief of losing their little girl was too much. They didn't want to add to the pain. It's been a little over a month since Penny's disappearance and my encounter with that thing out there in the woods. I still think about her all the time. Sometimes I even dream about her. I dream that we're still running through the forest together, being chased by that clown. But this time, I'm able to hold on to her hand and pull her to safety. And then I wake up and realize that this isn't some nightmare. This is real. That poor little girl is gone, and it's my fault. If any smidgen of good can come from this, at least I can come on here and share my story. Maybe some of your kids' lives can be saved by knowing what I've gone through. I don't know what happened to Penny. I don't know what happened to that clown. I don't know what that clown was. I don't know how he survived those gunshots. I don't know what he wanted Penny for. I don't know what he wanted me for. All I know is this, those things are out there, they're dangerous, and they're not human.